I'm Nick. And I'm Sean. And these are Our Fermenting Thoughts. Get your Christmas jumper on. Yeah, trying to get in the festive mood. <laughs> Looking like a BBC sports presenter there, Sean. <laughs> As he moves in on goal and uh, he's missed it again. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't expect much um, more of England, would we? <laughs> so, um, yeah, how, how are you? I'm all right. I went to watch Richard Hordley last night at the Leadmill. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It might be a bit sacrilegious to say this, but... I didn't enjoy it all that much. Oh. I, I've seen Hawley quite a few times. He was he, he was really good, but and this is the sacrilegious part. Like as much as I love the lead mill and have very many fond memories of the lead mill and sticking to the floor over the many years, it was just rammed. And I feel at the grand old age of 40, too old to be stood squashed next to other middle-aged men. Yeah. And not have a good view and be uncomfortable. So we went back to the bar area to to watch from there, which was better, although I felt a little bit disconnected. But, it, you know, at least I could hear and see until um, this guy came up to this couple and was like, oh, I ain't seen you since 1985. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> and then they were just like, me, 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 me. The whole thing, you know, and it's just like I couldn't hear anything. So we tried going back into the, the main live room and... Yeah, I watched the gig for a bit from there, but when his guitar broke, the penultimate song, and he was like, oh, we're going to need to um, go off and sort it out, come back on, we we left. So right. it, it was it was bittersweet. It was, I've always wanted to see Hawley at the Lev Mill. Being a Sheffield artist in an iconic Sheffield venue, I felt it was good to be there, but I've seen Hawley at other gigs where he's been much more enjoyable because I've had a seat. Yeah, I hear you. It's, it's it depends on the venue and yeah, the crowd in. I remember um going to see who was it recently that I had a similar feeling about. Oh, it was um Suggs when he does his story. Um, oh yeah, show it was a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, there was a good beer selection though. I was impressed. You know, I mean, obviously they had like your standards like beer Moretti and neck oil on tap, but they had um, some local beers on tap and they had loads in the fridge from like Heist and Abbeydale and. At Northern Monk, Munson, and all, you know, loads of different breweries. So it was it was a good venue for beer. Yeah, you know, and you don't come across that in music venues all that much. It's normally just macro stuff. So the fact that they're championing local beer, I mean, that all that will change when the lead mill gets taken over by the electric company or whatever they're called, which is a travesty if you ask me. As uncomfortable as I found the lead mill as a venue last night. Not that I'd want to spend too many more gigs in there, cramped and stood at precarious angles trying to trying to see. It's such a rich part of Sheffield. A bit like, I guess, the Hacienda was in Manchester, night and day cafe and all that. These venues need saving. Yeah, yeah. And no, I'm a huge live music fan. I mean, I've expressed my... I mean, not not just to isolate Signature Brew, but any, anybody that supports live music. I noticed the Clooney in Newcastle had um, the Pretenders on, I think it's this Did week. Did they? Or... Right. And I was just like, that. that's a cracking venue. Yeah. Have you that's been to Signature Brew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to go. I guess send all kinds of beers from them. No, we'll get, we'll get down there next year for sure. I think we should do maybe a podcast on live music and the relevance of having good beer, um, which completely spoils a gig. I, I can quite happily rant about that. Um, that was madness for me, Clapham Common gig. Um, but it was clearly sponsored by Tuborg. 
it was grim. The music was great as usual, but it's just like, is that all there is? Flat, warm tube organ, plastic glasses. In our world, Nick, I think that often an experience um, is spoiled by the actual, either the facility, the stadia itself, and or their key sponsors, um, because the music can be as good as any, or the lineup of bands can be as good as any, but if the actual surround sound of food and drink and the arena or pub is not giving you a fuller experience, then it's spoiled. It, it, it completely does. We, um, I say we, me and my wife went to watch Gaz Coombs, um, who was the frontman of Supergrass. This is a few years ago now, before the pandemic, in Leeds, in the building. I think it might actually be called Church or something like that. It basically is in an old church. Absolutely stunning venue. So Claire, years ago, before we got together, used to go out with a guy called, also called Nick, who is the guitarist of Gaz Coombs. So whenever Gaz comes to town or nearby, you know, Nick normally gets into it saying, oh, it'd be great to hang out and stuff. So, and he's, he's a really great guy. Um, so he got us like a special passes or whatever to this Gaz Coombs gig. And in this church, there's like a, a gallery, like a sort of like a mezzanine floor, which I would imagine would have been the old I don't know, vestry or something. I don't know. Um, but this bit was like friends and family only. And it had, it was like, essentially like it was a VIP area. And it had like these leather armchairs and sofas, um, you know, absolutely stunning view of the stage. Like it's not a huge venue. So there's everyone's crammed in below, a little bit like this hauling of last night, but from our lofty elevator tower, it was just, it was just a phenomenal gig. The quote unquote best beer choice, quote unquote, was either Beck's or Punk IPA. Grim. And I, it's just like, I mean, I was driving, so I only had one beer anyway. But, like, imagine if I wasn't and they had, like, Northern Monk on or Duration or whatever, you know, all these really nice beers from nice breweries. Like, just imagine how heightened that experience would have been. Like you've, like you've just said, you know, you go and watch, like, your favourite band, like Madness. And it's, it, it I know... The experience of the gig and the music itself should be the, the forefront, but you know, having good food and drink to accompany that should just really heighten that experience. I, I, I think it's you know, if people are in the hospitality world, um, if I can put it that way, so let's call it hospitality and events, um, then they should have um, a personnel side of their arm that actually uh, you know, enables that function. Um, and there's no excuses for it. Um, they say, oh, well, you know, I'm talking now about the contract caterers or yeah, I'm moving away from live music for a minute, forgive me for that, but I'm talking about sports stadia. And, uh, you know, if you go to Twickenham and watch the rugby and again, you only get, you know, it's a Green King contract internal to the stadium. Uh, um, the form and function of personnel is compass catering. And I know I'm name checking people, but that's because it's important that people know these things because the, the actual punter deserves for that ticket price and for that experience, a better experience. Um, and, you know, you, you queue for hours just as you do at music venues. Um, you eventually get a poorly dispensed pint. Uh, the list goes on. Um, and it's got to, you know, hospitality is going through a rough time. Yes. But at the same time, um, you know, the, customers is a lot more 
demanding, rightly so, you know, in, in tricky times, you know, and if they're paying 70, 80 quid for a rugby match or, or 100 for a big gig, then that venue should offer everything. Um, people are traveling hundreds of miles potentially again to go to said gig and yeah okay if it's if it's you know if it's if it's a massive venue then like the Royal Albert Hall or or something of that then that that's got you know it's pretty um slick um but in general terms I think the industry's got a long lot to catch up on yeah it really has you know I'd love to see more in music venues sports stadiums you know anything like that those kind of venues i'd love to sort see more low to no options on draft like so i I was driving last night so i only had one pint of like proper quote unquote proper beer um but afterwards i when my wife's like oh can you get me another another beer like i went to the bar i was like um what you know what's your low no selection and um it was like well we've got heineken zero or this cider whatever it was zero percent like is really is that all i mean fortunately i spied and i recognized the can from when i did it before spy tiny rebel their low to no club tropicana which is actually i think one of the best low to no abv beers i've had you know it's, it's got a really nice soft juiciness to it so i i add that but there's there's so many people that go to those venues aren't there like myself included that have to drive or if, if you think about it, i was thinking about like um I saw it stream the other day on YouTube, like Liam Gallagher at Nebworth earlier this summer, which I would have loved to have been at. I think the, you know, it's, that's the kind of place typically that you kind of have to drive to. I know you can get the trains in Nebworth, but like a lot of people would have driven there. So chances are you're not going to drink that much. Well, you could, hopefully you're not going to drink that much if you're driving at all. Um, yeah. But like, you know, imagine having like a, a, some really good low to no ABV beer on draft. You could have that experience being mad for it and all that, you know, singing along to Wonderwall with a pint in your hand, but be able to drive home at the end of it. Oh, big time. And, um, you know, that extends to all softs, if I could put it that way. You know, um, it's still incredible that, and I know it's starting to get there, um, but I don't necessarily see that much evidence in the high street concepts. Um, you know, they've still got their centralised buying. And, I'm t- you know, I'm talking about juices and, waters and the list goes on it's just like really you know a cartoned orange juice that's just insulting frankly yeah. you know when you've got quite a half decent core menu wine list etc and then you go to the softs or lono as you say and it's grim a complete desert <laughs> yeah you know and it's sad because there are some really good low no abbs out there i got sent some big drop the other day and you know, I mean, they're as an outsider looking in, I've had them on the podcast a few times before and kind of know them loosely in that sort of sense. Um, but looking from the outside in, like they've just got an absolutely fantastic business and the, the beers are just great. You know, this, their stout, I think, won like it was either gold or silver in it was one of like a world beer awards, I think um, in the stout category, not the low ABV category, the stout category. And it was, I mean, that just speaks volumes to me that it is just a good stout. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the, you know, the techniques are starting to get there. 
Um, and it just shows that it takes the pioneers and the smaller outfits to make the progress because, um, you know, if, if, if I could champion or, or give an up to an InBev or others, then I would, but I can't. Um, they have these so-called uh, mercurial um, innovation arms as part of their business, but they don't show any form in the open market, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, long, long may it continue that the small producer, thankfully, uh, takes on that mantle and, uh, yeah, brings us some interesting products. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot more doing it. Um, I mean, Mash Gang, which I believe is a contract brewer. I think the brewer at Fierce Beer, which are also, I know, starting to turn out some good low to no beers. You've got those guys. I think who else? Like you see, you see it popping up more and more. I mean, I've had, I've thought about having a go myself. Um, but to be honest with you, I'd, I'd like to give a name check and a big heads up. And uh, again, he's one of do. the the original is yeah, Mister Salopian, the marvelous fellow um, with Karma Brewing. Um, he's he's knocking out some brilliant, brilliant beers. Um, and again, you know, thankfully now. Um, just a better understanding and, and of course, uh, um, various stockists supporting him, um, which is what it's all about. Yeah. Did you try any of Sheep in Wolf's clothing? Any of their loads to no? Not, not, not tried that, no. So they're, they're, they're good. So Lager Day Saints is possibly one of the best loads to no lagers I've ever had. Again, I had Matty on the podcast probably about a year ago, actually, um, chatting about his business and... The whole premise is they brew anything from 0.5% up to 5%. And that's, they don't go over that. It's all within that range. So there's a lot of like 0.5, there's a lot of like 2.8, and there's a lot of like 4.7 or something beers. And so there's, there's literally a beer for everyone. And that, that is the whole premise of it. That's, they, you know, you can go to ultimately, I think he's, if I remember rightly, he's looking to sell bars. You can go to one of their bars if this is still on the cards. And regardless of whether you're pregnant and you're not drinking or, you know, you're just going out for normal beer, everyone can be perfect harmony together drinking their favourite liquid. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And then it goes back to... um you know, the, I say the operator, and I have the privilege of running a place called the Spits in the East End of London. And, um, you know, I, I just felt that I was really contributing with my team uh, clearly to, we were a bar bistro, about 180 capacity upstairs music venue. Um, but we were a chameleon type venue as well. Most importantly, end to end, by the way, it's, in, it's it has to be said that the bands also have to be looked after. What's that all about? You know, why, why you know, the, the bands travelled down from Sheffield to be in a London venue for the gig. Last, uh, First thing you can do if they arrive on time for sound checks, et cetera, is make sure they have a good feed and, and a good rider to, you know, everybody needs sustenance. Um, and we, we did that as standard and um, made sure that, yeah, they, they went, you know, they were well fed and watered um, at both ends of the gig. And, uh, you know, it clearly manifested itself in great ambience and, and everybody wanted to thankfully yeah, play. We were a truly independent music venue, um, three bands a night, different styles of music. Um, 
we would configure the room appropriately. And so going back to what's on offer, if we had a, a nice mellow jazz night, for example, you know, we round tables were out, um, the heavy Belgian beers were on offer, um, and there's like a Chimay Blue um, and or wines or whatever people's prefer, but we had that choice and in fitting with the band that was on yeah um, and or bands so i have to i have to recount this story from my band days so i once session guitared for this band called gold digger they were all like a, a pop duo gold digger is a charity in sheffield that supports vulnerable women and it was like a christian band with a sort of like a gospel type message and we were in the dressing room of this venue called Plug in Sheffield, large big venue at the time. And the owner of the venue walked in and he went, I've seen people throw up in here. I've seen people be drunk in here. I've seen people snort lies of coke in here. I've never seen a Bible in here before. <laughs> and, you know, it's for him, it was just because there were these Bibles out. It was just this most surreal thing imaginable. I'm not even sure why I've recounted that story because what I was actually going to rant about was what, 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 you, what you just said about, um, it just came to mind, he's told me, but what, what I was going to rant about was the lack of hospitality from some of these hospitality venues towards bands. I've, you know, I've been treated appallingly by venues before in my time. You know, and it's like, we're pulling a crowd into your venue on your night to spend money in your bar you can at least hear something to eat and or a couple of drinks on the house, or even more so, you can actually pay us. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we we made sure we we all of those things, and uh, you're not congratulating ourselves for it. That's absolutely how it should be done, as it should be for paying the brewers themselves and or the producers, of course. Um, you know, uh, every everybody's then. Everybody's just happy and and uh, supports the venue and it, and it, it goes full circle. Yeah. So um, so that needs to happen. That needs to happen across the industry. Uh, yes, the innovation. Yes, we need to be agile in market um, and adapt to the changes that are going on. But um, you know, at the forefront, as everybody's adjusting their position from the producer's point of view or brewer's point of view, let's think and put the consumer first. You know, yeah. why are they not coming back? To the pub immediately um you know everybody bandies around oh yeah price changes um on the up uh etc cetera, etc cetera. but the fact of the matter is that a lot of the industry didn't offer an experience and they have to yeah as i've just talked about like musicians being basically devalued and something like spotify has massively devalued music to the point where, yeah, it's opened the floodgates for a lot of artists, myself included, to get their music heard by a wider audience than your immediate friends and family. It, there's just no value in recorded music anymore. And my concern with the amount of breweries there are dotted all over the place in the world is that beer is going to get devalued even more so. And obviously supermarkets play a huge role in devaluing beer. What are your thoughts on that just to end this nice, cheery year of podcasting, Sean? We're, we're upbeat, uh, by the way, to our audience and hopefully growing audience, but we are upbeat chaps. And, uh, you know, all, all the things that we say are because we love this industry um, and we just want to see it not, lis you know, not, not listen 
um, through a consumer research panels and all these other documents that are out of date before they're even produced um, is all about on the ground, local um, and understanding, you know, who to whom you're goes back to a previous podcast, but, you know, who, who are you trying to embrace here with your hug, you know, and um, so devaluation of beer. Um, you can only you can only do it through education. You can only do it through involvement um, and making your tap room venue, local pub, working men's club. The, the list goes on. Just the best value it can be, and it just shows actually identifying that you know. And I know that Pete Brown obviously is a specialist in this area, if I can put it that way. But you know, working men's clubs, it's like well, the beer's really great value and it's not you know it's not expensive but that's because but they still offer the experience appropriate to the group of people that want to be in that club could be a sports club could be a cricket club could be the list goes on but just pay your brewer on time um and pay them the right price and and if you're an enterprising operator whether you're a cricket club massive venue stadia ensure that the experience and the dispense is correct. Um, and everybody, and I don't want to return to the old cast sort of uh, debate that's continuous at the moment, but it doesn't matter what the actual product is, serve it, serve it well. And, you know, with respect to the producer um, and then the price point should, you know, the, the, the consumer in your place should be relatively insensitive to that because they know you're doing your they're doing you're doing your best um uh to not devalue yeah their product. Well I'll I'll just I'll just that's, round, that's a long answer. No, that? no, no, it's that's that's totally cool. I'll just I'll just round it off then by saying that my dad always comes out with it. He always goes, That's gonna do a job, do it right. And he's right, you know, if you're gonna do something, do it properly. That's that's kind of his mantra, and that's my mantra when I do anything. It's just like, don't do it shit. <laughs> do it right. I was completely saddened by a conversation, I don't know, a week ago about, oh, yeah, you know, just going on about um, this particular uh, person that was saying, oh, yeah, I, I don't mind my beer being served in the wrong glass. And, uh, and I'm like, well, uh, that's frustrating. That's obviously clearly what you've got used to, and it's so prevalent across the industry that you almost don't second guess it and it's not right and you know a drink should be poured served in the correct fashion that's um, a whole other podcast in and of itself it's <laughs> <laughs> me mental yeah it, 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 you know it really does it's so important to the psychology and the sensory perception and again not just name checking Pete again, but so many people worldwide have done a lot of work on sensory perception of liquids um, and foods, obviously. And the actual environment is so critical. Talk to the person, uh, by the way, you know, if, if you've got a relatively quiet shift, you know, not, not in an overbearing manner, but the whole point of locals and bars and everything else is to express yourself, you know. So if that chat, is is sat there at the bar. Um, have a ginway. Goodness me, how difficult is that? 
Yeah, particularly at this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, peace and goodwill to all people and all that. So um, happy Christmas to all our listeners. And just a reminder that there's not going to be a podcast now until the new year where we've got some great episodes lined up for you with Triple Point Brewing, Basie Sheffield, talking about sales, talking to Carl Boone from Boone Brewery about Lambics. Really looking forward to that episode. And to Quantop Brewing, based in Taunton, talking all about upscaling their brew house. So have a good Christmas. Happy Crimbo, everybody. And we'll see you again in the new year. Thank <laughs> you.